It's the Sunday Cafe with Roman Travis on Magic Talk. How's your dog doing? Well, if your dog's not doing what it's supposed to be doing, sit, roll out, fetch the pay. If it's not doing all that stuff, maybe it's you. Hey, hey, Darren. It could well be. Maybe yeah. it's you and not the dog that's got it all wrong. Darren Rowe is from Mindfulness for Dogs. He's a great guy. I, I call him the dog whisperer because I've seen him in action and what you do is quite spooky, I have to say. Quite amazing. <laughs> what do you mean by that, Roman? Just that it works. <laughs> you know, years and years of get in, get in and yanking on some dog's lead. And within, I would say, I said to some friends yesterday, within five or six minutes was an exaggeration. Mm. It was in, within a minute. Izzy was walking yeah. at our heel. I think it's just trying to get that clear line of communication. And once you understand how dogs really see what we're doing, mm. they want to please us all the time. Don't they? We just don't know how to actually please them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And maybe, like you've said in the past, it's more to do with us and yeah. our lack of ability to communicate that. If you've got questions for Darren, uh, I'll fire them through. There's no such thing as a silly quit. Well, there is actually. If it's, um, <laughs> but, but Darren can work that out for you. He can help you, believe me. 0800-844-747. Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. Now, you have some exciting news. Yeah, I am incredibly excited at the moment. Me and my wife are like, like you know when you wake up in the Christmas morning? Yes. And you feel like, you know, you just like the whole day is going to be amazing? Yeah. We've just put our names down for, wait for it, drum roll. Yes. Two puppies. Oh, yeah, wow. we've done the one thing that everyone says you should never do, which we always do. We buy two. Now, little disclaimer here, don't recommend that for people who've never had a dog before, definitely. Yeah. But we've uh, just put our name down for two little border collies. Oh, nice one. Yeah. So what will they, because there are short-haired and long-haired border collies, aren't there? Yeah, there are. So we don't know yet, actually, because mm. they're not going to be born until the end of March. Mm-hmm. So um, my wife would love a short-haired, um, and I like long-haired, but hey, you know what happens when you go and see puppies? They, they pick you. Yeah. So you have these all these ideas of what dogs you're going to have, and then mm. these two little things just come running over to you, and they're the ones that just you fall in love with straight away. Would you? Uh, do you have any recommendations around male versus female? Or if um, you were buying two, would you ooh, get one of each? Or we're we're certainly gonna. Well, I say that we're we're hoping to go for um, for boys, just because we've got three girls already, and mm. if you get too many girls together, it can be a little bit sort of like bitchy. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. probably the best one. We're, we're going to, um, we, we, we've um, booked into a kennel club approved um, breeder. Mm. Um, it's a Pentaronda Collies, Border Collies, just outside Cambridge. There. And we went to see mum and went to see mums yesterday. There's two litters they're having. We went to see mum yesterday. Nice. <gasps> so nice. Yeah. Oh, such lovely dogs. So, so right. if you are thinking of buying a dog, yeah. and we, we tend to think of a breed that suits us, and some people don't. They'll buy some giant sort of Irish wolfhound and then go into <laughs> an apartment. It doesn't yeah. make sense. 0800 844 747. Give that number a call and you'll come through and have a free chat with Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. What was your decision-making sort of algorithm yeah. when you were choosing this breed? Well, we're like a month away, aren't we, before the dogs have even been born. Mm. So that whole process started for us about three months ago. That seems like a really long time, doesn't it? Three mm. months ago before we even even looked at puppies, yeah. And and it was, well, what dogs have we got? What's our lifestyle like? How can, Have we got time? I mean, my business is getting really busy at the moment, so have I got time to bring in two new puppies? Mm. So for us, those puppies, we're going to document their whole life. So my wife is going to write a blog, a puppy blog. She's getting so excited about that. Brilliant. She's started it. We're going to video every day what we're doing. So it's like a little... My video diary, I guess, yeah. of our dog's life, which yeah, would be really yeah. cool. So that's how we're putting that into our life. You're not um, a big fan of uh, putting titles on dogs in terms of intelligence, but they are the most intelligent, aren't they? They, they are. They pick things up really quickly. Mm. Um, but remember, when you have someone that's really intelligent, you've just got to think of kids in school. When you have that highly intelligent um, kid, yeah. 
they also get bored really quickly. Mm. So, yeah, high intelligence is really good, but actually you've got to keep them stimulated and motivated all the time. Otherwise yeah. they get bored and then they get destructive and they get naughty and, yep. well, we've got problems, haven't we? <laughs> well, when, when I decided on a border terrier, I said to the breeder, we might want to buy two, and she said no, no, yeah. because if one's naughty, they'll yeah. just be naughty together. Most breeders, we had this conversation with a breeder, and quite rightly so, most breeders will not recommend that you buy two, and most of them won't sell you two, because mm. it is really hard work, and you have to really know what you're doing. Um, we've done this now, this is the third time that we've bought two puppies at the same time, mm -hmm. and we always separate the training, so my wife trains one, and I train the other, so it's totally separate arrangement, but then you've got the the enjoyment that they can play together and stuff like that. But you're right, they do pick up their bad habits to each other. Yeah. So you've got to be careful. So you've got a fleet of other dogs, haven't you? <laughs> fleet. <laughs> How many dogs have you got in your fleet? So so we've got six at the moment. What? So we've got three Border Collies yeah. and three Irish Setters. Yeah. So, um, but they kind of range from about three now up to 15. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we lost a couple of dogs quite Aww. recently over the last few years, so that's why we're looking. It's taken a good year yeah. for us to like, think about getting another puppy. So Right. Yeah. So let's just, I know we've got other stuff to talk about, but <laughs> I want to okay. ask you, how many is too many? Like the crazy, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like crazy cat me. people who have a hundred cats, <laughs> yeah. but they don't really look after them because cats look after themselves, yeah. right? So, so I think I think you've really got to look at your lifestyle. Mm. So you've got to look at what you've got. Now we've got about two, just over two acres of land, so that's plenty enough for dogs to run around in. Mm. You've got to make sure have they got the adequate. Um, uh, provisions so have they got a decent kennel our, our dogs have got the west wing <laughs> it's hilarious wow. sounds like we've got this massive house we haven't but most of the house is for the dogs uh, and that's where they are during the day if we're not here um and then they've got the paddock to run around so it's just you know as a dog trainer my whole life revolves around dogs so mm. six eight dogs really isn't a problem because they're involved in the work but if i'm a really busy person working in the city then maybe one dog is too much yeah you know the thing you just mentioned before about having time is paramount. I understand that. But most of us don't have the time. We have time later in life. Yes. And then if you choose a dog that's incredibly active like a Border Collie, but you're retired, yeah. how does that work? It doesn't really well, I, benefit I think, the dog. Yeah, that's possibly not the right choice. But I think we choose to choose the time, if that makes sense. So mm. there's always time in the day. You could wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning and you could take your dog for a walk if you choose to do that. So mm. if, I think if you make that commitment with a dog, you, you find the time to put it in basically, yeah. and, and we choose not to. Yeah. Okay. Darren's got some tips around keeping safe with your children and grandchildren as well. We're going to come to that in a moment, but you are more than welcome to call now and have a chat with Darren on 0800 844 747. If you're a bit shy in the outgoing department, you can also text on 3920. I hope you've had at least a coffee to keep yourself going. Dogs don't need that, do they? Dogs just get up and get going every single day. They do, yeah. Oh. They have that. Um, I'm reading a book called The Miracle Morning, mm. and I reckon dogs have got that down to a T. They, they utilise that first hour amazingly. Yeah. Um, do everything they need to do and set themselves up for the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, we've got some calls coming through on 0800 844 747, the text 3920. There's a quick text that's just come in here. My dog barks at our neighbours down the fence lines, but if in the same space as the neighbours, there's no issue. How do we stop the dog barking at the fence? So first of all, I would say if they've met the neighbours and they know that they're okay, then that's because they can see the problem. So mm. they think it's a, um, a threat. Nine times out of ten, if they can't see through the fence, then they can't sort of test whether it's a threat or not. So right. um, it might just be the, the fence that you've got. But think about what you're doing. If you're shouting and screaming at the dog when they're barking, you're telling them to bark because you're mm. doing the same thing. So it's about going there and being quite quite quiet and, and modelling the behaviour you want the dog to do. 
Right. Again, if they can't see through the fence, they can't see the threat. So, yeah, yeah, that might be a way of looking, maybe changing your fence even. You know, when you're in town, <laughs> in any town in the country, and you see a dog suddenly yapping at people, often the owner will pick it up and yeah. reassure it, which is telling the dog that it's doing a, a good thing. That's my reverse psychology. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one, is it? Because I had this conversation quite recently with a person, actually, who's got a little tiny dog, and... It's a fear thing from mm. the owner. They're scared that their dog's going to get hurt. And then sometimes if it's a great big ugly dog sort of thing, you know, that's probably the best thing to do because your dog might get hurt and you hear yeah. the stories, don't you? But from a behavioural perspective, no, it's the worst thing you can probably do. Pick yeah, your dog yeah. up. Um, first of all, you're, you're raising your dog up. And then if you've got a, like a little chihuahua or a guarding dog, they're going to be barking their heads off mm. and, and get some confidence in that. So, yeah, it's a hard one. It really is a hard one because you don't want to leave your dog on the floor to get hurt. Yeah. So you've got yeah. to gauge the whether it's a safety-wise is the best thing or whether behaviourally-wise it's a, it's a good thing. I met some lovely yeah. dogs yesterday. I was out for a big walk. I had a lovely chat with a border terrier who ignored me completely. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah just, <laughs> just like, go away, I'm busy walking. And yeah. I, I had a good chat to him regardless. And then came a fleet of um, miniature schnauzers. Mm. And this woman was walking two of them, and I had a chat with them. And they were lovely. Then all of a sudden they just started barking at yeah, me. Like, yeah. what the hell have I done? Yeah, they're, they're full-on dogs, those little snouts. Wow. Everyone thinks they're, like, really nice. And, I mean, they're lovely dogs, but they're full-on dogs. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't take them on because you think they're a, a nice, simple dog to look after. I love the giant schnauzer. Yes, yeah. You don't what see a, many of those. No, nowadays, you don't. Do you? No. no, they are a beautiful, beautiful dog. Yeah. Right, oh, what should we do? Let's, um, let's tell you. To call because you can, and it's you know you're not going to get charged for this. It's free, free advice around a dog you're thinking of buying. Are you choosing the right breed? Getting your dog to do the right stuff for you. Oh eight hundred eight four four seven four seven. Now let's talk about danger situations mm-hmm. with with do- you know dogs, children, grandchildren. Yeah. Um, I was looking in the internet, um, something flashed out one of those, um, I think it might have been News Hub or something, about some mm. kid who'd been attacked by a dog. Um, and it got me thinking about, you know, what are we, as, as, as owners, what are we doing to our dogs and to our kids to put our kids in, in situations where they really shouldn't be, maybe? So there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about today, really, just so that so that parents realise the dangers they're putting their kids in without even realising it, mm. without even understanding. And there's maybe five sort of things that I want to talk about. Okay. So so we'll go through them, and, and please phone in if you've got any comments about this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. What's the phone number, Darren? Um, oh, gosh, it's uh, put me on the spot there, <laughs> didn't you? It's um, 0800 yes. 844 Hang on, I'll get a pen. What was it? It's 0800 yes. 844-747. But... Did you know what, Roman? You yes. can text on 3920 as well. Brilliant. You yeah. did that very well. That's very good. Like so <laughs> we do, look, just going back a step, when you when you do have grandchildren yep. and the dog understands that this is my place, not yours, the grandchildren come and challenge the dog for cheers yeah, or, yeah. or even just attention from the well, owner. Well, grandchildren are quite scary to dogs because they scream and they shout and they come running in and yeah. they're all jumping on granny and granddad. And, and that can be quite upsetting for a dog a bit like that perceived threat again upsetting so, for the grandparents too well, sometimes yeah, yeah quite probably yeah <laughs> so so one of the key things that i've noticed is that um we always want photos of the dogs don't we? Mm. yeah so um we we get the little grandchildren to give the dog a hug and, and they hold the dog mm. yeah and and you can see the dog isn't happy and that's where most of the bites and things happen okay so so one of the key things is do not take photos of your grandchildren hugging your dog ah. right because it's a classic it's going to happen right if they keep holding the dog wants to escape because they're getting stressed and they can't escape so they go in a flight and fight they can't flight 
so they're going to fight. Right. So yeah. in our head, it's a hug. In their head, it's restraint. It's, and, and it's possible fear, isn't it? Because right. you're overshadowing them and getting them really quite nervous. You'll see the panting. Ugh. You'll see the big lip curls. You know, yes. the tongue goes up. That's a sign that you've got to let go. So there's much better ways. And, 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 and actually, when you take a photo, I see all the time photos of dogs with their tongues hanging out. And everyone thinks they look really cute. I just see a stressed out dog. And isn't that incredible? Very lucky child. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Darren pointed that out to me with Izzy, the Waimarana that I walk sometimes. Not much anymore, but... Apparently, when she licks her top lip, that's a sign of fear, yeah. stress? Um, it's just a stress sign. It's right. a calming signal. Well, some people say it's a calming signal to you to say, look, back off a little bit. It's too much. Okay. We're going to come back to more of these five ways to keep your grandchildren and children out of danger when it comes to mm-hmm. dogs. But Lucy is on the line. G'day, Lucy. How morning, are you doing? Lucy. Uh, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. Thank you. I just was driving and thought I had a question and I've got through, so that's Sorry. great. Um, we've just we've just got an eight-month-old Jack Russell, okay. and we've got a lovely property, lots of uh, room to roam, but we have lots of chickens. Now, he's oh. not chasing the chickens, but he's he's got a taste for the eggs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How do we stop him? Because he... He's 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 taking the eggs and hiding them in the sand pit. Oh, he's a clever dog. And he's a clever dog. Sometimes he'll eat them, but he mostly hides them. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, I had a, I had all sorts of other visions of what you were going to say there. That was not one of them. Um, how do you how do you stop a dog from doing that? Well, first of all, I'd be asking myself the alternatives is, is that he's mm-hmm. eating the chickens. So if he's going for the eggs and not the chickens, and that's a really good thing. I'd almost be encouraging it that way. We certainly did with our dogs. Mm-hmm. They would run around the chickens um, and, mm-hmm. and steal their eggs. There's how many chickens have you got? We've got about 13. Right, We've got so, one that lays outside of the chicken run. I mean, the obvious yeah. thing is to really board it up so he can't get in, but yeah. he's quite an escape artist and oh, he'll Jack get Russell's in. Get everywhere and they'll dig if they can't. But, <laughs> but you've, you've got quite a few eggs there every day, I would imagine. So like the old yes. egg probably wouldn't be a loss. And if it keeps your dog interested in not trying to eat the chickens, mm-hmm. and, and eggs are good for dogs. I mean, it's not like it's the, they're mm. bad for dogs. His coat will shine. So um, I, I would be kind of encouraging, or not, not encouraging it, but not discouraging it, if that makes sense, but redirecting okay. it away from the chickens into the eggs. Maybe getting an egg and hiding it and making it a game for him to okay. actually go and find. So it's away from the chickens, maybe, but somewhere else. Okay. And, and, so, and maybe the answer is to get more chickens. Well, that's always a, always a good one, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Lucy, that's interesting. You, by the sounds of it, he doesn't really want to eat them, or, mm. or he does later on. He's storing them, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yes, he's definitely storing them. We've found a couple in the sand pit and mm. thought it was quite funny. But, um, um, the fact, yeah, the odd one he eats. The fact that he's in the sand pit as well is really good because that's a way of encouraging a dog not to dig. So he's got his own okay. little sound pit. You can put toys in there as well and make that the best place in the world for him. Mm. Okay, yeah. great. Well, thank you. Yeah, cheers, <laughs> Lucy. All the best. No worries. Okay, um, bye. See, if that was a border collie, you would teach it to make an omelette with yes, the you eggs, would, you know, yes, because definitely. they're a smart dog. <laughs> uh, Dave is on the line. G'day, Dave. How are you this morning? Uh, not bad. Good morning, um, Dave. Just, g'day. I was just ringing up about the... Um, the digging thing. You were just about to talk mm. about it, so yeah, yeah, just that's good timing. <laughs> yeah, what, what's, yeah, what's he doing? Is it what's your dog doing, and where's he digging? Oh, she just, you know, like we'll, we'll take her for walks and stuff. You know, they yeah. say it's a boredom thing. Yeah, but we'll take her for walks, and then within ten minutes of being home, she just digs up the backyard. Oh, okay, what kind of dog um, is we've she? We've tried, we've tried putting her her business in the hole. So she, oh, we've heard that if you do that, okay. then cover it up. They have heard that one before, there. but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we've tried that, and then she'll just dig somewhere else. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, and I probably would myself if I was going to do that. Yeah, what, what kind so, of dog is she? Uh, she's a crossbreed. She's a bit of this okay, and a bit so, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so, so you're right, digging is a boredom thing, but um, boredom can come on a dog very quickly, even if they've just gone out for a walk, because they're kind of living that moment. Um, so what I try and do is encourage dogs to dig in the right places. So um, it's, it's like flipping it on its head rather than telling them off the bar for digging, which you're actually praising them without realising because you're giving them attention. Um, find a place and allow them. So sacrifice a part of your oh. garden and plant things in there, put things in there like toys and things, retreats, and say, look, this is where you dig. And every time she digs somewhere else, put it on a lead and take her over there and say, dig, 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 and encourage her to dig in a certain area. And if you put sand, it's much easier for them to dig. And, and then they'll end okay. up going there rather than everywhere else. What say sense. you don't want your dog to dig anywhere, though? It's a really hard one because then if you think about it, there's barking, there's digging, there's running, and obviously the pooing. Well, um, they're the things that dogs love to do. Hmm. So if you take one of those... Even a trainer, ones, you would have heard... Um that thing about putting water bomb balloons in there, I didn't know if that was an actual trick or just someone taking the pistol. I've not heard that one, actually. <laughs> what, what was that? You put, uh, you fill up water balloons with air and you put it in there and it freaks them out. When oh, they... <laughs> that, that to me sounds quite mean. I mean, they're, they're doing something they really enjoy and then they go and burst the balloon, I guess, and it goes pop. Yeah. I would yeah, say you're yeah. probably going to end up having all sorts of behavioural issues resulting as uh, because of that. Oh, okay. yeah, so I wouldn't go down those lines. Okay. Yeah, definitely yeah. not. I would I would be looking the positive and encouraging. And like I say, you've probably got a small area you could sacrifice in your garden just to allow them yep. to dig. If they've got an area to dig, they, they normally go there because that's where all the fun is, isn't it? Mm. Uh, Brilliant. All right, Dave. Have a go at that. You. See how it goes. Cheers. All right, bye now. Um, I, yeah, that is frustrating, isn't it? The whole uh, dig, is, dig, yeah. dig thing. Now, let's get back to those five ways <clears throat> to keep your children safe, so grandchildren. Numbers. We got through number one, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, we'll try and get to number five. You know? Yeah, we'll try. We've got <laughs> so, five minutes. So number two is one of my biggest pet hates. Quite often when I go into someone's house, they always think that their kids should be able to take their dog's food or their dog's toy and things like that. That's no, what I was taught. No, 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 right? Oh, okay. Why would you want to do that? Your dog has got something it really likes. It's in the middle of scoffing its food and you go and stick your hand in there, mm. right? Okay, if it's an adult, maybe you might want to do that. You might want to train it. But if you've got a resource guard, you've got a kid with a bitten hand straight away. So teach your kids you don't go near the dog when they're busy, when they're doing something and they don't want to be sort of interrupted. Mm. Just teach your kids to go and do something else. maybe on the iPad nowadays, isn't it, or a jigsaw puzzle or something like that. But I'm going to play devil's advocate here Mm. because you know as well as I do that you're not always around your dog. And if someone else's kid comes along and Mm. they're told they can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What um, happens? I mean, it's, tr- it's tricky, isn't it? It is, because your dog's going to react in a moment, and if it's eating, say, we'll, we'll pick the simplest of dogs, or not simplest of dogs, the nicest dogs, a Labrador that mm. loves food. Mm. It's really involved in its food. You go sticking your hand in a food bowl, even a Labrador is going to sort of like give you a warning, isn't it? Yeah. So, so yeah, so I teach kids from very from a date when they're eating. You don't go near them. You don't need to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's an adult job. Okay. Simple as that. All you right. can save a lot of dog bites, I think. Okay, what about number three? Number three, then. Gosh. Fine, number three. So you're walking down the road, your kids see a dog. What's the first thing they do? They ask the owner, can I see your lovely dog? Mm. Right? And the owner says, yeah, it's such a lovely dog. You mm. just go and stroke it. And then they get bitten. Right? Owners don't always know their dog. So their dog might be scared. It might be backing away. It might be doing all those sort of scary things. And mm. the owner said, oh, it's fine with kids. Yeah. And then they go and put their hand down and it goes and gets an old yeah. Because I'm not scared of dogs, but yesterday those little... I was going to say shih tzus, those little miniature schnauzers, they were really friendly, then instantly not friendly. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, what yeah. the heck? <clears throat> so, so when you look at a dog, there's, there's two behaviours they do, and, mm. and I call it the love it and hate it behaviours, right? So, so if you put your hand down to a dog and they back off, they hate it, right? They're, they're telling you very clearly, don't come near me, I'm scared of you. If they come towards you, then they're saying they love it. Mm. So that's the golden rule. I always say to kids, maybe about six foot, what's that, about a metre away, yeah, metre and a bit away, and then just pat your 
your um, leg. Mm-hmm. If a dog then naturally comes towards you, it's gonna, it's, it's a love it moment. It right. likes you, and then you can like come down to their level and just like tickle them under the chin is the best thing I think. Yeah, not the back of the neck. No, never yeah. go over the dog. Yeah, um, because as soon as you go over the dog, then you you bring in that fear and they'll, they'll back off again, and that's when you move again. But if they don't come forward, mm. then regardless of the owner saying, yeah, no, they're lovely dogs, don't go near them, kids, yep. because you're gonna get. Likely yep. to get scared. Uh, well, there's a first them. time for everything, and every time yeah. someone says, "Oh, my dog loves yeah. children," I'm thinking, "Yeah, up until now, maybe." What about well, number number four? Number four, then. Um, <laughs> this is a great one. Allowing your kids to walk your dog. Don't do it, right? So you've got a five-year-old, six-year-old. Mm. They take a dog. I see it all the time taking a dog for a walk. The dog's dragging them down the road. That kid is not emotionally in a position to be able to deal with the potential situations that that dog can come up against. If they see another dog on the other side of the road or a cat and the dog goes, you've got a dog in the middle of the road, probably broken leg if it gets run over. Mm. Um, If another dog does come up and there's a fight, that kid's not able to deal with that situation. Don't put them in that situation. They're going to do silly things. They're going to try and grab the dog and they're going to get bitten. Make sure the parents are with you, right? The laundry, all that kind of stuff. It can wait, guys, right? Your kids are more important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. True. All right, and number five. And number five, then. Number five is the best one. Um, When dogs have sticks and toys, don't get your kids to take it off them. Uh, Right? Okay. If you want to take a toy or a stick off a dog, then as an adult, you do it. Don't get your your kids to, because your kids will start to pull and pull, Mm. and if your dog's a garter, well, it will turn into one. If your kids do that, Mm. it will bite them. Ah. It's likely to... Well, it may not bite them because it's um, being angry, but it might. You might get the stick out, and then it regrabs. Yeah, <clears throat> and it might catch them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. to that, to a, to a kid, a small kid, that's a dog bite, isn't it? I can honestly tell you, I think I've done everything wrong with every dog I've ever had. <laughs> oh, honestly, Darren Rowe from Mindfulness for Dogs. Just very quickly, one quick text because I haven't got time to get mm-hmm. to them all. Our lovely Foxy is five months old. She's Molly. She jumps up on our legs and visitors' legs, and sometimes scratches. So yeah. excited to see us all. How do we stop her doing this? Right. So you've got to think about what you're praising because you're probably turning her off. Or you're probably pushing her down. As quick as I can, yeah. No, it's um, right. If you're um, if you're talking to her, if you're touching her, if you're doing anything to her, you're praising that behaviour because all she wants is attention. So yeah. you've got to totally ignore her. But the most important thing, and I call it active ignoring. Mm. The second she sits down on the ground, good girl, give her a treat. Encourage what the behaviour you want, not the one you don't want. Brilliant. It, it takes about maybe a couple of days and it's sorted. Brilliant. You don't have to wait every week to have Darren Rowe here on the Sunday Cafe. You can get him to come to your place, make some scones and a cup of tea. He'll get your dog doing what it should be doing. How do people get in touch with you? Yep. So the easiest thing is to find me on Facebook. Just just search up Mindfulness for Dogs. Um, you can find my website as well, again, mindfulnessfordogs.com, or you can just search for Darren Rowe. You'll find me on that one as well. Fabulous. Always a pleasure. I always genuinely learn something, so thank you, Darren. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, all the very best. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks,